Hello, and welcome to the Notary Business Talk, the podcast dedicated to sharing ideas, strategies, and techniques to help grow your business and improve your life. And now, with more than two decades of notary business experience, your host, Abraham Zamora, the notary entrepreneur. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Notary Business Talk. My name is Abraham Zamora, and I am the notary entrepreneur and in this episode i am super excited to have my co-host as usual ronnie mickle who's going to be joining us ronnie mickle is uh the founder of notary stars which is an online training education platform where, where he teaches notaries sort of the foundational basics of how to sign loan documents and how to build a profile uh, for your loan signing business and he's also the original owner of unlimited ink notary which is a nationwide notary signing service and uh and ronnie and i have been friends for a very long time so ronnie welcome to the show glad to be here i love doing this with you <laughs> yes it's very very fun uh for now this is the second time we're doing this we have a live audience with us and we're super excited so hello everyone thank you for joining us i hope you guys are fired up i hope you guys have an immense amount of energy because we are heading into an amazing time in this notary business industry we're ending a slow cycle, and we, as Ronnie and I have talked about, are predicting it's going to start getting a lot busier for you guys. So this is why we're going to be talking about uh, the stuff that we're going to be talking about. In this episode, we're going to talk about strategic ways to get more direct title and escrow business. By a show of hands, how many of you would like more direct title and escrow business? Absolutely. And it's very possible, and it's very strategic, if you realize how you actually have to do this, because Ronnie and I have been in this business for, I mean, combined over 30 years. And so we're going to talk about the nitty gritty, just the way I've developed relationships with direct clients. And Ronnie can attest to what we've been able to accomplish together as, as business partners. But before I get into that, let me just first thank all the people who have reached out to me. A lot of people have uh, gave me suggestions about what we should talk about in the future. So I want to just make sure I acknowledge those people. I also want to mention that I've started my Patreon account again. I had stopped it for a while. I'm going to restart it again. It's a $5 a month uh, a subscription. If you guys want to support the show, I'm in a position now where I'm going to start creating more shows based on how much I can get in terms of support from you guys. The more I can get support financially, the more I'll be able to do this because, you know, it takes time and energy to do this. So if you guys are interested in supporting the show, if you want to become part of the sort of the, the, the community and at some point be invited to special what I call AMA episodes, where you can ask me anything. I encourage you guys to check that out. That's patreon.com forward slash notary. You can also email me if you guys have any questions, suggestions, anything you would like to hear in the future. I always like hearing from you guys. You can always email me at contact at notarybusinesstalk.com or you can look for me on LinkedIn. That seems to be the best way to, uh, to reach me. Now, let's go ahead and get into this. Now, if you're listening to this show, I consider you guys to be sort of the next level notaries. And when I think of the notary industry, I think of it in, in, in three tiers, if you will. The first is working with signing agencies. When you first get started, this is typically where most notaries get their start, working with signing service companies to get business and start their career. The next level is what we're talking about now. And this is getting direct business through title, through escrow, and I would also consider general notary work 
in this category. So now you're becoming more of a business owner as opposed to someone who just sort of gets work from an agency. And as a result, it's going to require a, a different level of mindset to be able to overcome some of the challenges that you may not have experienced in level one of your notary career, your notary entrepreneur journey. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And the, the, the key word here is fear, because I think fear of the sales, of the marketing, right? How many of you guys get nervous sometimes about walking into a, uh, to an escrow or title office and having a conversation with them? I mean, be completely honest. By a show of hands, how many of you get nervous or aren't sure what to say? Yeah. I mean, and I'll, I'll tell Ronnie this, right? I, we were just talking about this. Even just recently, I still get the heebie-jeebies when, when I'm going to call somebody. I literally had to go to therapy because of the fear that I would get and the anxiety that I would get. Uh, I don't know if Ronnie wants to share his side of it, but I mean, it's to that level. Now, I've been able to overcome it, and I want to share with you guys how we've been able to overcome them. But let's, let's talk about the three things we're going to discuss today. The first thing is, how do we actually formulate a, a strategic marketing plan? Let's lay it out. Let's take the 10,000 foot view and create an outline of how I would recommend you start looking for direct business. Then we're going to discuss some of the obstacles that you might run into both emotionally. Uh, Ronnie likes to call them excuses. And I think to some degree he's right. And, but again, stemming from fear, right? It's an excuse you create sort of rationalizing the fear that you experience. And I get it. We all have experienced that. And then the third thing we're going to talk about is how to take specific action on these, the steps that we're going to be talking about. Now, is this the only strategy that's out there? No, there are many different strategies, but we're going to talk about this specific strategy today. And at the very end of the show, I will go ahead and we will we'll open it up for questions, maybe the last 15 minutes. So if you have questions, write them down. If we don't answer it by the end of the show, you will be invited to ask us anything and we'll be more than happy to oblige. Uh, I ideally about the topic that we're discussing, you know, we'll, we'll definitely give those preference. So without, uh, so Ronnie, any, anything you want to add to what we're going to be discussing today? No, but I do, I do want people to know um, when it comes to, uh, and it's more toward the end uh, that we're going to talk about this, but I do want people to know whether you have fears or you don't know how to put together a marketing strategy. It's like going to the gym for the first time. I've had to start the gym over again so many times in my life. I'm, I, I hate going into gym and there's you know the guy next to me or the girl next to me that can run faster, the guy that can lift harder, and I feel like, God, I'm so far behind. And you look around and you you feel like that, and it's usually right here in January when we start feeling that way when we kind of slip from October to January first on anything that we could have been doing. And I want to let you know. Um, Marketing your business is just like getting back into the gym. Everybody has to start somewhere. Sometimes you've fallen off the, you know, the bike and you got to get back on it. So stick around for the whole conversation and, and keep up on the podcast because we're doing this because we're going up that uphill climb uh, this year. And this is the perfect time to get in on direct business. So I'll, I'll let you keep guiding us along the way, Abraham. Thank you, Ronnie. And yes, and for those of you who may not have experience in building a business or doing sales and doing marketing, I have one word for you that I want you to really soak in. And that's patience. Okay. Because good sales and good marketing 
is building relationships with people. If somebody likes and trusts you, they will do business with you. Your job is to get them to like and trust you. Now, what kind of person do you have to be for someone to like and trust you? Well, you have to have integrity. You have to be honest. You have to be have pride in the work that you do, right? There's a lot of different ways to, to build your character that people will like and trust you. But it takes time to foster relationships with the people that are going to want to do business with you. Unfortunately, we live in a society where it's instant gratification. TikTok, you know, if it's, if it's more than a minute and I'm not interested in the first 10 seconds, I'm swiping because I need gratification right away. This strategy and really any business strategy, sales and marketing strategy is going to require patience. And I'm talking a year, maybe two. And that's just the reality as much as, yeah, you know, I, I already see people like logging off. No, that's not true. I don't see that, but it, but that's, so let me just start off with that and sort of set the tone right now. Let's talk about this strategic strategy. I've been in sales and marketing my whole life. I love it. It's what I enjoy most of all. It's my passion. I enjoy the psychology of how to get people to say yes. But I like, but I don't consider sales like the like the sleazy car sales guy, right? That just wants to sell you right away. That's not patient. He wants to sell you right away. I like the patient's long-term building relationships, but the numbers are always going to be the numbers. And when you're trying to get someone to say yes to you, you're always going to have a, a, a percentage of people who will never like you. You will have a percentage of people who already love, love you. And then you're going to have a percentage of people that just don't know and don't care about you. Your job is to ignore those who hate you, to, to nurture the ones that already like you, and then go after those who don't know about you or just don't care about you. Okay. So let's set that framework. Now to do that, you need to focus on the law of what I call large numbers. In my opinion, and Ronnie, you can tell me if you agree with this, but in my opinion, if you're looking to get direct business, I like to think of having three either title or escrow officers consistently giving you work as a good number to shoot for to just stay busy consistently. What do you think about that, Ronnie? You think that's that's a pretty decent number to kind of maybe shoot for as a goal? I do. Uh, my only caveat or piece of information on that is it depends on how much each one of those will give you right and also how stable that title company might be in the community uh those sorts of things if you know if you have three that give you 15 files a month or 40 files a month um it, it depends because you want to be able to adequately service them but you never want to put all your eggs in one basket so three sounds like a sweet spot to me as long as you're looking at it in the eyes of how strong are they how strong are they how long is the relationship you know, that sort of thing. You never want to put your eggs in one basket. So yeah, three sounds about right to me. Uh, as long as you're looking at how many orders they can give you and what you can actually sustain. Right. Let's just say for our example, we shoot for three. Let's say three good escrow title offices that are giving you consistent work. For some, it might be more. Some For some, it might be just one or two. That's all you really need. What's important is that we do the math correctly. If we're shooting for three consistent direct clients, you need to be prospecting 30. Because in my experience, for every 10 people you try and build a sales relationship with, three are gonna say yes to you at some point. Yeah, we're interested, we might wanna work with you. But the reality is 
out of those three, usually only one will be using you consistently. So if we know those numbers right off the bat, I don't want you getting disappointed if you talk to 10 people and nine of them say no to you and never want to do business with you. That's just the nature of what we do. People have their preferences. People have people they already like to work with and they don't want to change. They have a right to do that. So you need to be coming into this knowing that that's sort of the, the, my, the, 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 the work that's going to be required to get yourself a client. So let's just say if it's three clients we're shooting for, then we need to prospect 30 people if that's the goal. If you want to go for four, then you want to prospect 40 people and so on. Does that make sense, everyone, by the way, by show of hands? Good. Now, who are we prospecting? Well, the obvious answer is title officers, escrow officers, but we can also prospect referral type partners, real estate agents, loan officers. I mean, the first direct client I ever got was from a loan officer who I used to work with. We used to be in the same office and I used to do notaries for that office. That office went bust in 2008. He went off on his own and then he started telling the escrow officer, hey, I want you guys to use my boy, Abraham. He's the guy. And then at, after that, I was introduced to the escrow officer and I became her, her regular. And that was the first time I got a direct client. So you don't always necessarily have to go directly with the, the, the person that you're trying to get business through, but you need to identify who it is you're going to want to do, want to prospect who you're going to want to reach out to. And you can do Google searches and that's something that you're going to have to figure out at some point, but you want to focus on the number that you're going to need to get the, the number of clients that you want to get. In this case, let's just say 30. Once we've identified who these are, then we need to now build a profile for them. How many, of you by, how many of you by show of hands have ever used something called a CRM or I think it's called Client Relationship Manager? Are you guys familiar with what that is? Yeah, some of you might be, some of you may not be, right? Basically, it's a fancy database to keep track of the people that you're trying to follow up with, that you're trying to build a relationship with. And I'm going to refer uh, a company that I like to use because it's free for one, <laughs> but it's a really good service. And it's good for up to 250 like clients that you can put into your say, uh, database. The company's called Hapsul CRM. It's who I like to use. And we'll, 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 can, we can put a link in the, in the descriptions, right, Ronnie, for people to go to that. Okay, absolutely. So once you've identified your 30, go get yourself a CRM. They're very easy to use. Log in your 30 clients, the 30 prospects that you're gonna wanna try and have become clients. Everybody with me so far? Yeah, okay, good. Now, once you have that, then we have to figure out how we're going to prospect and how we're gonna reach out to them. Well, before we go into that though, let's actually talk about sort of the obstacles or, or the excuses that, that might get in the way when it comes to actually doing this, because this is, a, this is the easy part, right? We are gonna identify who we're gonna talk to. But what is, Ronnie, we were talking about this. What are some of the excuses or obstacles that you sometimes hear uh, your, your students and notary stars sort of give you when it comes to trying to get direct business? Okay, so I had a really long list and Abraham maybe cut this down to like the top five because we only have so much time together. Um, you know, the number one uh, is that just an underlying fear of rejection overall. And a lot of that comes from, you know, our childhood you know, bad high school experience, wasn't picked for the soccer team in college, you know, bad marriage, all of these things that can, you know, even, even though we say we're separating business from our personal lives, we don't, we are human beings and we carry 
these little facets with us and they build up with us to become a fear of rejection, a fear of failure, a failure of failure. Um, this one I am 100% guilty of a long time ago. Now I've converted all of that energy into it. But the next one is you find yourself so busy with everything except your notary business. You know, you, you find yourself busy with everything and it's okay to be busy with family. It's okay to have obligations. It's okay not to want to be married to work. But I have seen some people who are so, so busy that they can't focus for 10 minutes a day on their business and therefore they don't grow their business. Um, this one is a big, big one at Notary Stars. And, you know, I have a saying here uh, where, and Beth and I have told people it's time to poop or get off the pot um, when it comes to thinking this. Uh, if you find yourself waiting for more experience when you don't need it to take that next step. There are some times where notaries are really wonderful notaries. They're so careful. They know the language. They've trained, they've trained, they've trained. They've done the 150 hours at Notary Stars plus, you know, three times over. They go out and do amazing signings. They don't make errors. And then they're still afraid to walk in that door. So wanting more experience, but not really needing it is a, is a large excuse. The last one, uh, not, not the last one, second to last one, um, I want to be very careful with this because it within the notary community this year, I know people who are going through divorce, surviving cancer, have had cancer and strokes. Um, there's a lot of things. So I don't want to sound insensitive when I say that this is an excuse because I'm going to give a caveat to this one as well. You have health or family or just personal issues preventing you from taking that next step with your business. And it's not that it's an excuse. Those things can get in your way, but... A little side note, I got run over by a car while being a notary. And while I was healing for eight months on the floor, I built Unlimited Ink Notary. That's where this my signing service was born years and years and years ago, the beginning of my notary career. I used that time. I fell off a loading dock six or seven years ago. That's when I reinvented our booking engine and partnered with signing order and changed how we do things and brought on more clients. And I was down for a, a long time. Um, and... So I, I believe in using time, if you're not able to be out in the field or get experience and do those things, use that time to market your business and build the website or bring, bring things. And the last one, and this one, you know, it's not a sales, but you just don't have the tools or guidance that you need to start marketing your business. And you have to know where to go to find. This is a great podcast to get started with looking for those tools you're going to need in order to start marketing your business. So those were my top five, Abraham, uh, of fear, uh, fear spots that I see the most of when getting started to market your business. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think those are all things that we used to uh, use as excuses. But again, I think the root cause is fear. And I, I, might, I might get a little geeky here. I, I like psychology and philosophy. And so let me tell you guys how I, oh, you know what, let me. I need to find out. First of all, how many of you are actually, and let's be honest, right? Have a fear of talking to escrow officers and title. Uh, I mean, literally a genuine fear of being rejected, being told no. Okay, good. Okay, good. It's like not, a Taylor Swift concert in here. It's like, the only one. <laughs> so, so one of the things I've used to sort of overcome that is something called introspection, okay? And I'm going to go over this really quick, but I think it really helped. And I'm going to share a story that I identified that sort of 
I didn't realize it was something that had happened to me when I was younger that led to this fear of rejection. And it was a, it was a thought, it was a belief that I held in my subconscious all these years. And I mean, it was to the point where, and I, I don't know if you guys know, but Ronnie and I are, are, are business partners. He kind of hired me on with his company to get direct business. And for the last two years, during the slowest market in, in, in that we've had in a while, I, I mean, I, I, we pretty much what five X the number of clients we were able to bring in the last two years in the slowest market. Right. And there was a way and a, a method that we did it, but I will tell you when I started doing this with him, I literally had a panic sort of anxiety about calling and I would do the calling, but the anxiety and the, the panic would not go away. It was still there. It was, I had a literally fight through that negative emotion that I would feel. And then at the end of the day, I was completely drained because I felt so, it was so difficult for me to call. And I had to take a week off because I just had to like emotionally recover. I mean, it was this bad. Now it turns out just through introspecting, introspecting means looking inward into your subconscious, sort of the ideas and beliefs that you hold, that you've been holding on to your whole life and without realizing it. When I was 15, I was typically, I was really a shy guy. So I, 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 I was born here, but then I moved back to Mexico and I lived out there most of my childhood. When I was about seven or eight, we moved back. I didn't speak a lick of English. I was only a Spanish speaker and they threw me into public school in nothing but English courses. And I remember, I remember I would cry when I would take tests because I didn't, I couldn't read what the tests were saying. I had no idea what was happening. Now I look back on it, of course. And I realized, I mean, it, it, being put in that environment made me learn really, really quick. So I had a hard time making friends early on in my childhood because I didn't speak the language and nobody really, back in those days, not a lot of people spoke Spanish where I used to live in. At 15, I decided that I was gonna have a birthday party. My mom put everything together and we, 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 had, we had food, we had a live band. I remember we had this like Hawaiian uh, group that was like flipping fire around. Like it was a, my mom did a really nice job at this party. And I was excited. It was day of. I had invited some friends, and nobody showed up to my party. I would have been there, Abraham. I know you would have, Ronnie. Thank you. <laughs> that moment, I never had a party after that. And to this day, I, I hate celebrating my birthday. But I never connected that now as an adult to that event. Well, through introspecting, I realized this created a fear of rejection from other people and I avoided it like the plague because it was so painful being rejected. When I, we had put so much effort and time and I, I felt like a loser. I felt terrible. I thought nobody liked me, right? Well, once I identified that, then I had to ask myself. So here's the process of introspection. You have to identify the emotion as step one. What's the emotion? In this case, fear of rejection. What's the idea or belief behind this emotion? When I realized that it was because of this birthday party and that I felt like a loser, turns out this whole time I thought I was a loser. And if people said no to me, it's because I suck. I'm a loser. I'm a failure and nobody likes me. But is that true? So then this next step in introspection is asking yourself, is this thought or belief that I'm holding on to accurate? Is it really valid? Do people, am I really a loser? And do people not like me? Well, the reality is, no, it's not true. Ronnie likes me. I think my wife likes me. So that's not true, right? So I just, I realized, hey, well, hold on. I'm holding on to a belief or an idea that isn't true, yet it's been haunting me my whole life. 
So I had to reprogram my subconscious. Now, do you, do you guys want to know how I reprogrammed this negative idea that I was holding on my whole life to? That's something you guys want to know. Okay. So I recreated that idea or belief. I, I did what was called an affirmation. And I based it on reality, based on the truth of what it actually is, not what I felt was, and therefore hang on, hang, hang, hung on to as an idea. And here's the affirmation that I created for myself. And now the trick for this to work, and again, this is really deep psychology, and I don't want to get too much into it, but the, psych the, the, the trick to this is to read this affirmation in the morning at night for 30 days, and it will literally reprogram your, your thinking. You know, you hear about affirmations, and you read them every day, but people don't realize that they actually do work if you identify them to what you've been thinking that was incorrect, and then what the reality of what your actual, what the actual truth is, right? So my affirmation was... In in my off, if my offer is rejected when making calls, they're not rejecting me. They're just not ready to work with us right now. That doesn't mean they won't be in the future. Although I have the power to influence and persuade, I cannot make anyone do anything they don't want to. And I read that for 30 days, twice a day. Now I get anxiety if I don't make phone calls. It was that powerful. So I'm not trying to be a therapist here, but if you're really struggling with this idea of contacting people and having a conversation, I would challenge you to maybe examine what in your past, kind of what Ronnie was talking about, your childhood, whatever negative experience you might have had, and ask yourself, is that really a representation of who I am? Is it really represent and say, speak to what the person that I am today is what I believe that event created the thought or idea in my mind that I am actually am. And the reality is it probably isn't. And I would create an affirmation based on who you really are. And the truth is you're, you're, you're amazing. You're here, you're ambitious. You're trying to grow your business. And I think it's so cool because we're all here trying to get the same thing. And so I hope that helps you guys. And I'll leave you guys with that. And, uh, and just for those of you who, who didn't hear. So for those of you that are just joining us and weren't part of the live session, I played a little video about Steve Jobs. He gave a, a, a commencement speech in 2005 for Stanford. And I think that speech really speaks to what I was just talking about. So if you guys want to look that up later, I would encourage you guys to listen to that. But uh, let's get into the actual action plan, right? Let's take action. Who's ready to take some action and realize what the next actual steps you would need to take to start building your, your, your local business, your direct business? Okay, because it's very specific. It's very scientific. It's not a mystery. It's just having patience and willing to put in the work. Thank you. You guys are all raising your hands. I'm so glad you guys are so engaged. You guys all have your cameras on. You guys are smiling. It's amazing. I love this. So let's talk about how we reach out to people. Now, there are different ways of reaching out. You can walk into the office. You can give them a call. You can send an email. You can send marketing material in the mail. Who does that these days? When it comes to sales and marketing, particularly marketing, the idea is to do something that's different, something that sets you apart, right? Something that not everybody's doing. I know social media is a big thing as well. So social media could be a, a way. If you find a clever way of doing it differently. Now, let's talk about actually walking in directly. I wouldn't start with this. In fact, let me, re let me go back. If I was to start doing this or the way I've done this, is I've, 
I've softened the blow ahead of time. If you think of war, if we think of, you know, war theory, before soldiers actually go into a certain area, you'll have bombers that will literally go across the land that they're going to be going into and they bomb the heck out of the area to break it down to, to basically get it to, to where it's easier for people to go in infantry and attack the enemy. My version of bombing the area before actually going in and striking is sending marketing material beforehand. So sort of introducing yourself in a way before they actually meet you in person or before they hear you on a phone call. Now, I like doing letters. I send, I send letters through mail with some kind of clever, informative, sort of education-based message in there because I'm not trying to ask for business but instead, I'm trying to do what? I'm trying to build rapport, get them to like me, and trust me. If I'm coming in as an advisor, as someone who's trying to give them advice on how to improve their business, how to find a better notary, you know, a great letter would be like, here are three ways of finding a great notary, you know, or here are three things that that notaries do that can improve your business, or three, here's three things that business, the not some notaries do that others don't that can improve your workflow. And you just make them very educational based, okay? If you want to add some kind of physical material in there, like a, a pen or some kind of marketing material, something that's useful to them, maybe like a little measuring tape or something, you can definitely add that to it and it will draw more attention. This is how I've done it. Once you've sent enough of those, then it's easy to walk in and say, oh, hey, guys, I my name is Abraham. I'm the guy that's been sending you those letters or I'm the guy that's been sending you those brochures or I'm the guy that's been mailing you out my business cards or, you know, or whatever it is you've been sending. Right. Uh, that's one way. When you walk in, then you introduce yourself as the guy that's been sending this stuff. Now, if you don't want to send marketing material, that's fine also. Right. If you're just going to want to walk in, I would not walk in saying, hey, I'm a notary and I'd like to get your business. Because you're asking something of them instead of providing value first, trying to earn their respect, trying to earn their trust, and ultimately liking you. The way I would do it, and I'll let Ronnie kind of give his script because he's done this as well in terms of getting his business and building his agency, is I would go in and introduce myself. Hi, my name's Abraham. I'm the uh, local notary here in the area. And I just wanted to come by and say hello and just let you guys know if there's anything you guys need, you know, please reach out. I'm here to help you guys out. You know, boom. Give him my business card, maybe give him a, a, a resume. Ronnie's really big on resumes. And then just very soft, Never, don't ask for business. Hey, I'm calling to see if you guys need a notary to do notaries for you guys. No. I'm just calling to introduce, my, introduce myself, let you guys know I'm here if you need me. Very nice to meet you. Oh, you know, maybe build some conversation with them, build rapport. How long have you been doing this? Oh, no kidding. Wow. And, you know, you, you've been in this area for a while. I mean, at that point, you start building conversation if you can. And you go away from asking for work. And if you can, build your rapport. That's how I would go in initially when I introduce myself. How would you do it, Ronnie? Do you have a different way of sort of approaching uh, escrow title officers? I do. And you guys, this wasn't planned. Abraham doesn't know that I'm going to do this on the show, but I always uh, like to plug when something's very valuable. I'm going to drop in the chat. I did a uh, a la carte session on direct business and it's about three to four hour session. If you're not a part of my marketing course, it is a part of my marketing course, but I did a whole three hour a la carte. If that's you need coaching on that, that I dropped into the chat. But yes, I when it comes to walking in, 
um, you you said something that really resonated with me. And, you know, we've tried to get the word out in free trainings all over the country. But when you go into a title company, I hear so many times on Instagram and Facebook University, and I know it's people trying to help people, but it's like the blind leading the blind sometimes. And I made the same mistakes that of those things. Like the first person who taught me to be a notary 15 years ago said, oh, just buy cookies, drop off the title company, you'll be fine, they'll call you. Back then, actually, it worked. And let me tell you why it worked back then. Because before 2019 and the, you know, six-figure notary mentality and movement came out and YouTube became such an informational highway and we have Instagram pulling so many people into the, into the industry, you were the only person stopping by that title company. They did like the bagels. They did like the cookies. And I can put you in touch with the president of a title company right now where she said, I have so many cookies and bagels, I don't know what to do with them. You know, and we're, and Abraham said something else too. You got to be different. And so how many notaries stopped in that office and and brought the bagels and the cookies? And it reminds me of that Friends episode where Ross is trying to get the apartment. And he's like, I sent a, a box of a, a basket of muffins over to the guy and they all look through the window and they go, oh, is it the really big one on the table? He goes, no. <laughs> is it the, <laughs> the medium sized one? No. It's the really small one over at the end. There are notaries out there who may be in the head of their journey, not dropping off uh, like a small box of cookies or whatever. They might be dropping off entire food trucks like I did one time, uh, but that was as a thank you. And so walking in the door to me, I look at it this way. If you are applying for any job in America, I don't care if it's McDonald's, an attorney firm, a title and escrow company, um, anywhere, you're not going to go to that job right? You're not going to walk in the door and you're, you're not going to say, you know, here's some muffins. You got to give me this job. No, you're not. You're going to walk in with a resume. You're going to be dressed the part. You're, you should have, if, if you've ever interviewed for a job in life, you know that you have to research that company, what they're looking for, read that job description. And so you don't get a job description, right? They don't put a notary job description on a title and escrow office. So you have to start the conversation of, I'd like to be a part of your team and help you grow your book of business. I'd like to make you shine within this local area when you have a client. I'd like to find out what you've had problems with and remedy those problems. You know, when they tell you, well, you know, sometimes I could start working on the file and the notary keeps them until the end of the day and drops them in a Dropbox and I don't get to start working on it till morning. Great, I'll get a mobile scanner and I'll make sure you get your documents right there from the table. You know, start having that conversation. Turn those Turn that conversation around, interview them in a way, and then ask them what you can do to make them shine better. What's going to make their job easier? When you do that, it's a game changer. You know, that's that's my strategy is to figure out what are you looking for? You know, things are different. I will do them differently. You give me a list and I'll make it happen as long as it's not illegal. Yeah, that's, you know, wow, that's. You just gave me an idea, Ronnie, actually, just, just right now. And, you know, this is, again, why, why I love marketing, right? It's so strategic. And it's like, it's like, so just so you guys know, Ronnie and I love to cook. He, he tells me all the time, if we live closer to each other, we'd have a cooking show. Uh, marketing to me is like cooking. It's We have these great ingredients, and then somehow we come up with ideas of mixing them together that we've never mixed them before. And then we come up with an amazing dish. And I just had a great idea, right? So you create a resume. But you put these things that a lot of notaries are doing. So Ronnie reiterated the idea of being different and adding value 
to your clients. The truth is most notaries, Ronnie, you, you tell me, uh, how, what percentage of notaries do you think actually have a mobile printer and scanner? Probably 20%. 20%. That means 80% of your competition does not have a mobile printer or scanner. You've got them beat if you have a mobile printer and scanner. And you make a point to let your clients know that. So when you meet with somebody, like, oh, hi, my name is Abraham. I'm just calling to sort of say hi and introduce myself. And um, do you guys currently have a notary you work with? Oh, great. How long have you guys been working with them? Ah, oh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, great. And then, and after each signing, uh, you know, how, how's that been working out for you guys? Oh, it's been okay. Anything that you might want to change or wish was different, if you guys could change something about it, about the relationship with the notary? No, everything's great. Yeah, cool. Do they scan back documents after each signing? I'm just curious. No, they actually don't. I have to wait till the next morning, blah, 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 blah. Well, what if, uh, what if a notary could scan those right back to you guys within an hour or two of the closing? Would that be helpful? Oh, yeah, that would be helpful. Oh, all right. Well, and have, do you, have you ever had a situation where, you know, you, 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 there was one document that was missing and it had to be reprinted, but the notary's already there at the signing table. Like, how do you guys resolve those kind of issues? Well, we have to have them go back out again or different. Well, what if the notary had a printer like in their car that could print them on the spot? Would that, would that be useful? Well, yeah, that would be useful. Notaries do that. Yeah, of course they do that. In fact, that's, that's what I have. I have a mobile printer, scanner, and here's some other stuff I do. So anyway, if you ever need something, you know, I, I, this is my fee. And what, what I would ask this, what do you typically pay for a signing company? You never ask, if they ask you for a fee, okay, here's some negotiation stuff, right? This is for free, you guys. So if they ask you, well, how much do you typically, what do you charge for signings? And you, you, you never answer a question with, a, with an answer. If you want to stay in control of a conversation, you answer a question with a what? With a question. The person asking questions is always in control of the conversation. So if someone's going to ask you, well, how much do you charge for signings? You're like, well, how much do you typically pay? Oh, Abraham, we typically pay. Abraham taught me this one. Oh. I was thinking of asking what they wanted to pay. And and we probably have much higher fees over the the years. And he taught me this one recently. Um, and, and I love this one. I really love this one. So once you ask them how much do they pay, they're going to give you two answers, either much higher than you would have you would have said yourself, and that's great. Then you say, um, yeah, that'll work, you know. <laughs> if they say lower, then be like, well, I typically charge this much, but you know, we can make something work. Or I typically charge this much, but because I I provide this additional value, right? So that you always figure out. But then at that point, you say, listen, if you ever need somebody that can also offer mobile scanner and uh, mobile scanning and printing you know, I have that capacity and I've been doing this for a while. So, you know, we'll, we'll stay in touch. It was just, I just wanted to come by and say hello and introduce myself and, and that's it. And you leave while you're there, grab everybody's business cards, by the way, because they typically have them in front. By the way, when you get those business cards, what are you going to do with that information? Goes in the CRM. Goes in your CRM. And, and now you then, huh? I want to tell you uh, on this, I am huge on this. I tell people this all the time. Unlimited Ink Notary was, I was never, I'm sorry, I don't want to sound like I feel sorry for myself or I don't like myself, but I am never first picked. I have never been first picked at anything. Nobody, if you want to pick me first and, and, and it'll make my day, but never been first picked on anything that I wanted. And I built an entire multi-million dollar signing service off of being someone's second choice. When you get to that point of the conversation and they aren't ready to use you yet, 
my go-to as a walk away was please put me in your bottom file drawer or put, put, me, put me somewhere so that if your notary is sick or they're not able to work or something happens, God forbid, I and I tell them, I respect that you already have a, something in place, but please let me be your second choice. You have no idea how many notaries have that sweet spot and then they go on vacation or they think that someone's going to stop and halt their title company just because they're not there or that they're going to cover the signings. No, they're going to come in and hire a replacement. Sometimes you could replace an in-house notary that just, you know, has a sweet spot of two to three hours during the busiest part of the day and show them what you're made of or do their outside signings. And that's how I got the largest client in the country that funds most of Unlimited Inc. They already had one notary. I was the second notary who did all the crap jobs. Now I'm the owner of this big, big signing service. They gave me a big, you know, I, I did the grunt work and it took, like Abraham said, about a year of courting to get that relationship off the ground. But I didn't want to miss that part either of not being the second choice. Sometimes second choice is better because the first choice gets to mess up or show them what they don't want so that you're right there waiting in line. So never forget to remind them, I respect everything that you say. When, when you're ready, please just keep me in a drawer. Yeah, and here's how I would word that. This is how I would do it, right? Because here's something you guys need to remember. If you say it, they'll fight it. But if they say it, they own it because they said it. So the way I would always end the conversation, and thank you, Ronnie, for 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 uh, reminding me of this. I would always say, okay, yeah, it's, it's I, it sounds like you have a great relationship with your notary. That's amazing. Would you consider me as a second option in case, for whatever reason, you need the extra help? Ask it as a question. If they say yes, they own it. They've told you yes, and people have integrity. You know, people deep down, I think people are benevolent. I think people are good in general. And if they say they're going to do something, most people will honor that. So always ask it as a question. But great stuff. Now I'm going to finish. Go ahead, Ronnie. Can I say one more thing? Because I, I yeah. it's, the conversation is just so going to go by. <laughs> I don't want to miss this. So outside of my marketing course, I own an advertising agency. I build lots of websites for notaries. And I was recently building a website for a signing service, a notary who was crossing from being a notary into a signing service. And they were giving me their fee schedule. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, when it comes to the extra things that you do, you need to sell your product or your or yourself. Uh, you know, if you do a reverse mortgage and you charge X amount of dollars because of the pages or the expertise on that, or if you do HELOCs and you charge this fee, your fees need to be a package deal for that entire service. And you need to anticipate if you're going to own a signing service one day that you're going to take a cut out of that and that the notary under you is going to do a package service of your expectations as if you were going to do it that way. Um, start out the gate that way. And what happens is if you say, okay, well, it's $25 more to scan back and it's, you know, $15 more for this service area, set your service area, set everything that you can do, offer that everything that you do on every package and charge your fee for that. Okay. If you accept the signing from a signing service, do the whole package at what you would do is if you were being paid the full rate, it worked for me. I see notaries all the time that try to nickel and dime. It's an immediate turnoff because an escrow officer, when they write a settlement statement, cannot nickel and dime the customer based on you. They put one fee on that settlement statement. 
And generally they have a defined fee that they've already disclosed with the lender of how much they're going to charge. And if you hit that spot and you offer all those services, you are going to cut out so much more of your competition. I just wanted to slip that in there too, because it's, uh, you know, it is a direct business talk. And by the way, this is a separate topic for maybe a separate show, but becoming a signing agency doesn't mean you have to be a huge, you could have literally three, four notaries underneath you that you outsource work to, and you're technically a signing agency. And I know people who do that. You have business partners that work with them. Uh, so yeah, definitely think in terms of long-term, and that would be level three of this notary career signing agency or uh, building a, an agency. Let's, let's finish this up and then we'll open it up for questions. The follow-up, right? So you're not going, I, I, I started off by saying that to build a rapport, to build a relationship with clients, it's going to take about a year, year and a half, two years, like get that through your head now. That way you're not disappointed six months from now and no one's giving you any work. This is the part that's, that's, this is the cost of doing business. Now, in the meantime, you're still doing general notary work. You're still doing signing service company work, but this is the work and the time that you should expect to, to, to take, to build your book of business with direct clients. Well, walking in once is not going to be enough, but walking in every month doing the same thing is kind of awkward, isn't it? So then how do we follow up with our prospects and build this long-term relationship with them? Well, there are several ways. Now, one of my favorite ways is, again, I use mail, physical mail. Why? Because it's different. Nobody's doing that, right? Everybody wants to do social media and send emails. By the way, in terms of emails, I warn you guys about emails. Do not overuse emails. They will block you and you're done. I mean, once they block you once, you're spam and you will not get through them again. You'd, email is sacred. It's their way of communicating with the world. That should be your very last form of communication, not a marketing in my opinion. Now, is it, can it work in some cases? Yes. It wouldn't be my go-to to begin with. Let me just, I want to just throw that in there. But I use a company called Send.Cards and we'll put a link of, uh, for Send.Cards as well. I love send out cards because you're able to send handwritten letters or uh, thank you cards online. You type it out. It has your handwriting in there and then you can, you can send it out to, to your, to your prospects. If I meet someone for the first time, I'm going to send them a nice to meet you card or it was nice talking to you or thank you for, you know, for meeting with me. That would be the first one. If I figure out when their birthday is, I'll send them a birthday card. If I start building a good enough relationship with them, once they give you a signing, and for this, I do this every month for all the clients that give us business every month. And Ronnie knows this. I send them a thank you card for their business and a box of brownies. Send out cards lets you do that. Now, talking about gifts, you want to stay away from the bagels and the muffins and this, the big gifts. And I'll tell you why. First of all, everyone's doing it. But the second thing is that overpriced gifts, anything that's over a dollar or two comes across as a bribe. The law of reciprocity tells us that because people are decent human beings, whenever someone does something nice for you, they feel obliged to reciprocate. But that burden to reciprocate can hold heavy on people and it makes them feel bad about themselves when they can't. And when they have a bunch of people giving them a bunch of gifts that they can't pay it back, they, they feel guilty about it. I mean, it's just human nature. But if you start giving pens away or something small like a thank you card that doesn't cost more than a dollar or two, 
that 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 doesn't happen. And now they don't have a bad taste in their mouth when it comes to you. Because what you're doing them is you're not bribing them. You're not literally paying a bunch of money to try and bribe them for business. You're just showing your genuine appreciation. So I like send out cards as a way of following up with the people that I do business with, whether it's whether it's business that I get, whether it's uh, introduction that I'm that I that I made or connected with. If if I'm if I'm if I'm networking at a networking event, same thing. I get their business card. I send them a thank you card or it was nice meeting you card. And that's the way I like to follow up. Now, the best way to follow up is once you talk to someone, try and get something out of them, something about their kids or how long they've been doing this, a bit of knowledge. That way, the next time you go in to see them, it's not, hey, I was just calling to say hello again, see if you have any business. But it's like, hey, Ronnie, I just came back, uh, come by to say hello. How are your kids, man? Or, you know, how's uh, how's pickleball? You know, you're still playing pickleball? You know, I, by the way, I love pickleball, you guys. If you guys don't know, if you want to send me gifts, send me a, a gift card for paddles or something. That's um, that's my that's my thing right now. And that's the way I like to follow up. Now, there's other ways, but that would be my primary source. That's how I like to follow up. Any suggestions on that before we op open it up for uh, questions, Ronnie? Not on follow up, but I want to tell uh, people about the one product that I do send and when I send it and why I send it. And I'm going to put it in the chat. There's no affiliate link on this. It's absolutely. Um, I owe Beth Hat Hoot um, the, the entire uh, thank you to this. She sent it to me. And the first one I almost got gave me a heart attack because I had no idea what it was. And I'm always afraid oh, yes, someone is going to like attack me. And I, at the time I was living alone and going through a divorce where I thought my ex might come back and kill me. So it did scare me. Um, anyways, this this it this is amazing gift. Um, it's called Syndicate, and I don't send it to clients that I want. I send it at two strategic times. I do not send it after the first order that I've done with them. I do it after an entire month of multiple orders. I would say after you've reached thirty, it's going to cost you about eighty dollars. Okay, and you're going to look at this and say, I'm not spending eighty dollars on that. But if you have a client who puts in thirty orders with you, it will be worth it to take one of those signing fees and send this cake and let me tell you why. So it comes in a beautiful box, these beautiful top boxes that fold out. It's so beautiful, you won't want to throw it away, okay? When you pull the pop off, top off, it all four sides fold down and there's this beautiful handmade cake inside, uh, or yeah, well, beautiful, I don't know if they hand make them, but these things are just gorgeous and delicious cakes. It's personal size. But when you open the box, and I, I encourage you to use the one that has butterflies, don't use the boxes and all these things, but butterflies, fly, mechanical butterflies fly out of the box. And I always use it as a, you know, thank you for your hard work. I'm enjoying this partnership or look what we did together on the first month. Usually when you get an escrow officer, you are going to work with one of many escrow officers who have their own book of business in an office. When these butterflies fly out, or if you see that each one of them can see their offices and desks, when these butterflies fly out, I cannot tell you how many people call and said, when am I going to get a butterfly cake? <laughs> I say, when you start using us, we'll send you one after 30 orders. The other time that I send this cake is when an escrow officer refers me to another escrow officer. I send it to that escrow officer as a thank you for the referral. And those are the only two times that I send them out. After the first 30 orders, I send the cake. And then I send the, and that gets everybody's attention. Look at all the butterflies. Where did those come from? And then I send the, the thank you for a referral. 
Most recently, uh, we just entered another state and the escrow officer came from another company we worked with in another state, went to a new state, got licensed, started working with us. And I sent her uh, a thank you for bringing us, like starting to use Unlimited Ink at her new office, right? And she knew she was getting the cake because it's like her third cake. She's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going in here, I'm gonna get Unlimited Ink approved, I'm getting my cake. And as soon as she opens the cake, her branch manager called and said, I, I, I wanna know how I can get a cake. And I said, all you have to do is get your team to switch over to us after 30 orders, we'll get you a cake too. That was a referral cake, we'll send you a thank you cake after the first 30 orders. Um, it's a wonderful, uh, wonderful cake. And, you know, it was a gift to me, but I thought, wow, this is something special. So I really encourage you to check out the link that I dropped in the chat. chat. Beth is commenting on it as well. And I'll put the link in there one more time. Just wanted to throw that in there uh, as well, uh, Abraham, because awesome. it's not just about getting business. It's about that, you know, thank you for the business. And so other people see that they're working with you. And this is the way we follow up beyond just calling and showing up. I mean, there's this is now where you do touch points, right? And it's 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 a variety and it's different. So just just something to think about. Again, there are this is just one of many ways. This is just one. So now you guys have a bunch of homework. Wow. You guys came in here thinking you were gonna get a bunch of stuff and knowledge, and I hope you guys have. But now we have homework. Now we have to figure out who are the 30 people we're gonna go after, right? Who are we gonna prospect? Who are our ideal clients, our top 30 or 40 or 50, whatever it is you guys want. Get your CRM set up. Start putting names in there. And then when you get your CRM set up, once you have a conversation with that person, go to your CRM and make a note. I talked to them on this date. This is what we talked about. And they have three kids and they're little league. And blah, 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 blah. The next time you talk to them, you're going to have so much information on them. They're going to be like, oh, my gosh, this guy remembered. This, she, she remembered everything about me. She must really care. She must think I'm important. They will think that, by the way. And this is how you separate yourself because people do business with who? People they like and trust. So, uh, and then finally, figure out how you're going to connect with them. We, I've given, we've given you guys a bunch of different ways, strategies, walking in, brochures, resumes, you name it. Phone calls, you can do phone calls. We can always go into that some other time. But at this point, I want to open it up for questions. So if anybody has any questions, please raise your hand and we'll go ahead and get into those now. By the way, while we're waiting for that, I want to give uh, Jennifer from Texas a shout out. One of my biggest fans and she's here. So, hey, Jennifer, how are you? <laughs> there she is. All right. Mary Beth. Hi, Mary Beth. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Um, I am wondering, because I have been so hesitant to go into a title company, I'm afraid that I don't know the ropes. I, I The only time I've been in a title company is when we've closed on our houses. So uh, what's going on in the background? Are they going to expect me to print the papers before I come, or do they print them? You know, if they were to hire me, you know, how does it all work if you work in a title company? Now, are you asking about as a working Fourth title company or, or being the notary for the title company? Oh, you're, you're muted. Mary Beth. Being the notary for the title company. Yeah, it, de it depends on how, how they set it up. I've had title companies where they print documents and I show up, pick them up, go do the cloud closing and I drop it back off same day or the very next morning. In some cases, depending on where they're at, they might email them to you and you might have to print them out yourself. So it really depends on whatever arrangement or agreement you and that title company has 
one of the advantages I think, and this is why I think signing companies and 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 no, local notaries that work directly with clients works so well because there's advantages for to both of them. One of the best advantages of being uh, uh, having a direct client that you work with locally is that you can pick up and drop off, right? Same day, typically, if not the very next morning. So that it really just depends on the relationship you have with who you're going to be working with. As long as you feel confident that you can successfully go through a signing and do it flawlessly with with no errors or very minimal, you know, very not very often, that and you'll get that as being a signing agent with signing companies, right? Once you feel like you're an expert in that aspect, then the rest should be easy. Yeah, then you just figure it out with your with your title. And Abraham, just one other thing for direct business, like going in-house to do a, a signing. I want to offer two pieces of advice for notaries um, because I think this is really important. Um, if you're doing in-house signings, generally they print them for you, but sometimes they'll have you, you know, you can't use their printer to go send them because that would be violating like every law that a title agency has to do, but they may have you copy documents. When you're using their equipment, it's always asked, even if you think you know that machine, they may have a different setting on it. It may be serviced by a different servicer. I have always, and it's voted well for me, um, said, you know, do you mind showing me how to use your office equipment and uh, to make sure that I do everything right? And I take good notes on everything. Some of them even have little stands of what you need to do uh, for different employees. Um, so just make sure to ask how to use their equipment. And here's my biggest tip when you do start working direct with title. Escrow officers um, could be in their first year and not know all of the rules. When you go work at a title company, the only place for you is the signing room or right in front of the escrow officer's desk. Do not ever pull up a chair and feel that or get comfortable with a friend because you will become friends with these people. I had a very great notary that worked with us in Phoenix. He still does, but he got in a lot of trouble because he got really comfortable talking to the escrow officer and he just walked in and they get audited four times a year. And if an auditor walks in and you are behind that escrow officer's desk or standing off to the side where you're privy to other people's information that you didn't sign, even if you might be going to sign them, unless you are an employee of that title company. So if you learn to keep those boundaries, the branch manager is going to be watching this because guess what? They're the manager they have to. They, have, they may even ask to have notaries, you know, uh, be stopped coming to the office because they're afraid to tell the notary that. So as long as you remember signing room and copy machine are my only two avenues, just don't get too comfortable with your clients. You got to keep it business. Even if you have a great friend, I'm a, one of my best friends as an escrow officer and worked with her for 10 years. And I have to tell you, um, I, I had to catch myself sometimes like, okay, copier signing room. That's the only place I'm allowed when we're here. We can go get sushi later. Um, just wanted to drop that tidbit in there because it seemed like you were also talking about in-office signings as well. Yeah, and Mary Beth, don't, don't worry about it too much. You know, everyone works differently and you'll learn it. And if you make a mistake, guess what? They're, they're usually nice and they're not going to get super upset at you. And you can ask something like, well, how do you guys typically do this? You know, how do you guys do this typically? And, and they'll let you know, you know, and you can even be honest with them and say, I've never worked directly with a client. I've done a bunch of signings with signing companies, so I know how to do this stuff. But I know it might be, how do you guys typically do this? Or how do you guys do that? And then you'll learn as you go. And you want, if you mess it up with one of them, you learned. And now you won't mess it up with the next 10 clients that you have. So go into it with, failure is not failure, but it's an opportunity to learn and grow. All right? 
Okay, I know we had Seattle, uh, uh, Seattle Valued Notary, right? So we can get her next, Ronnie, please. Absolutely. All right. Hi, yeah, everybody. This is Kim. <laughs> Technically, is my name. Okay. <laughs> um, I have a question. So, like, when you do go in offices and then their answer is, you know, if you present them with your the opportunity or what have you, and then their answer would be, Something along the lines of, well, we work with a snap doctor signing order or some other signing service, and that's where we hire our notaries from, and um, we have to do it this way. Mm -hmm. Is there a trick to that, or have you heard that in your experience? Yeah, so, oh, Ronnie, Ronnie's eager. Let's go, Ronnie. Yes, they have to do it that way because they're approved. They're, they're, they don't have to do it that way. So one uh -huh. way around that is to say, okay, great, thank you. Um, give it a little time. You need to contact corporate offices before walking into a title company to get approved on the corporate level um, when you go for their corporate office. So you need to look at that company and then type in their name, corporate office, look on their website, see where the corporate office is located, reach out to their vendor department, get approved as even, even if they say we only approve signing services, you can get your own individual self approved as a signing service under your business name and get approved on that corporate level. And so when you walk in the door, you can already say before they say we have to use Snapdocs, you can say, I am already approved at the corporate level. You you know, you don't have you can skip the Snapdocs and signing order in Zig Six. Okay. Yeah. And an another way I would ask it is if they say, Oh, we only so then I would ask if when they say that, right? I would ask, so so you guys don't use local notaries at all for your signings? Mm -hmm. They say, and they say, well, we do, but the ones that are approved and then now they're giving you answers, you know, they're telling you what you need to do. Yeah. Absolutely say, no, we can't, we, we have to use this word for order. Even if it's true that they could, you could go through corporate and do all that stuff. My mm -hmm. suggestion would be, unless you don't have anybody else you can prospect, I would probably go to someone else who just is more used to, and is already willing to accept you as a local notary. You're probably going to have right. a, your battle that way than trying to sort of convince them. Right. Uh, to 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 use you uh, in spite of what their so-called rules might be, and I mean, and it sounds like in some cases, Ronnie, that is the rules, right? And they they have to use approved notaries. So yeah, because I've been hearing that a lot lately up here, and um, <clears throat> like a lot of the local title companies, which is also you know nationwide and stuff like First American or I think Old Republic is here, but they may be other places as well. Um, but those are some of the, the answers that I've been receiving lately. Like they have to go through them because they're contracted through them and stuff. So I was just wondering about that. Yeah, my, que run, my, my question would be, well. so you guys don't use notaries, local notaries at all, and then see what they say. If they say yes, find out how those notaries are used and then go from there. And okay. The, and if they're using them through SnapDocs, you can choose to go through SnapDocs with them. Um, and I, I do know some companies up, up in Seattle that, you know, we had one that left and went to SnapDocs, uh, actually, and uh, that, you know, that's sad. Uh, but I have to tell you, you can get on their approved list just like SnapDocs can. You just have to go to the corporate level and manage down at that point. You are a vendor, okay? As a notary signing agent, you are a vendor. And going to that corporate level and, and walking in and saying, I'm already approved for this company you know, one mm -hmm. level may have 80 offices and yeah. you may only need two of them. Um, so getting on that corporate list first so that you can skip that conversation. When somebody tells you they have to use SnapDocs, 
let me tell you why they have to use it. And then I'm, I'm not going to go off on a rant or a tangent. <laughs> but when they tell you they have to use Snap Docs, it's because someone in that office has a friend that works at Snap Docs or their company's paying so much money to Snap Docs on top of what they're taking out of every signing fee to use it. And they don't have to use it. They have to use it because Snap Docs has backed them into a financial corner with their monthly fees and then taking out and, and all of these things that are coming right. out. What I would tell you, the best investment, if you are able to get with a group of notaries at the next escrow association conference that they have in your state, you guys need to bound together and get at least three people in on a ticket and go stand in front of Snapbox booth when they're trying to take your clients and explain to your clients before they walk up to that table, they don't have to pay that huge fee or take the money out of your pocket, you'll be there waiting to work for them. Um, I feel very passionately about that and did not want to miss my opportunity to say it because I, I feel that they take too much from the notary community and you have mm -hmm. a way to get in with all of those escrow officers at once. Might be a little costly. That's why I say do it as a group and divide the cost. Go to your state escrow associations conference if you can make it this year. Well, you know, what's really weird is because I was actually working with some of the direct escrow officers um, with some of the title companies here locally in Seattle. And and at some point, that's when they said, hey, we can't use you anymore because we have to go through SnapDocs or signing order or what whatever other service. And I'm like, but you guys have been working with me for a while. Like, what's, what happened there? You know, just like you said, they were contracted in with them and then they have to do it. So that's okay. So those are good thoughts. Yeah. Thank and you, you know, you can call me anytime. I, I'd love to work with you. So you can call me anytime. I'm actually happy to see you here tonight. I know. Well, you know, I've, I've come on here before, but you know, Hey, <laughs> so I'm here, but I, I think I still have your number. If it's still the same number and stuff like that. So. Yeah. If not, you know, my email, uh, you can reach out. anytime. Yeah. Okay, cool. Right. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you for the question. Uh, Heather from You're Arizona. By the way, I was just in Arizona. We went to Sedona, my wife and I, for her anniversary. Uh, very pretty out there. Yeah. Anyway, Heather, what's your question, Heather? Um, my question is on the um, portable sprint, portable sprinters, <laughs> trying to combine them. <laughs> it's a little late for me right now. Um, <laughs> for, on the portable printers and scanners. Uh-huh. Um, with, I haven't used that kind of equipment and Ronnie knows, I told him before, I'm a little technical challenged here and I'm getting up to speed again, um, from leaving the corporate world. Um, when you scan stuff over on those, is it secured? Is there ways to secure those documents in it? Or, you know, like if you're sending emails and that to encrypt the information so that the title companies know that okay you're not out there with just printers and scanners and you're sending stuff to know that that information is kept confidential and everything when you're sending it from the trunk of your car or receiving it from the trunk of your car yeah i mean it, that ultimately is going to depend on the signing uh, and the company that you're working with and how they want you to send that over to them if they're requesting scan backs for any particular signing. So if, if you're going to go through a signing company, for example, they have online portals where you would upload those documents. Those are secure. 
when it comes to that, and I think Ronnie probably would be a better person to answer this specific question because he's more on the technical side than I am. But uh, depending on how they're asking for those, if they're asking for you to email those, I presume that would be the best way, Ronnie. What do you think about that? So if you, every client's going to be different, right? So if you're working with a signing service, you're going to be going through a portal like SnapDot, ZigZig, or Signing Order. All of those are industry standard secure. So you're going to upload your documents to that portal and the title company is going to get it back. So if they're going through a platform like that, it's already secure to upload them. If when you upload them and click uploads complete, it's going to notify them that they're there. They're going to need to log in and retrieve them. If you're out in the field and you're working in direct business and you're taking out that middleman snap doc signing service, that sort of thing, you are going to need a secure email. Okay. Um, I use our records. We have it for unlimited ink for when we can't use the portal for one reason or another to email those documents. I will tell you, I don't like our records and I don't mind saying it to a bunch of people. They don't have great customer support, but the product gets it done and everybody's been using it for a long time. They kind of ticked me off when I said, would you like to come talk to notaries about secure email? And they said, just watch this 10 minute video. And I thought I did, and it didn't answer any of the questions. Um, so I, I like to call it like it is, right? But it is kind of the industry's favorite right now. Um, I'm not, uh, I'm wonderful at building websites, know all about that stuff. I don't know about encryption and all those things. That's not the part that I do. So we use our records, but you will need a secure email. There are other options. And if you guys out there come up with other options that seem to be easier and you've tried our records and you've done A-B tests and you want to bring it to Notary Stars, We'll happily let you talk about it on general mentorship every week um, to let other notaries know about it. So if you're out there doing your own research, please do. But you're going to need to go through the method and don't ever make the mistake of not having that in place, Miss Heather, before you really start banging them out, especially as we get busier this year. A lot of notaries will hold off on that expense and then they don't know how to use that secure email or send what they call a SIFT um, from the field. And they will make the mistake of emailing the documents because they're like, I need them now, I need them now, I need them now. And if you don't have that in place, um, you know, you know, it's a, it's, it's going to be one stressful day for you. So learn to use that product before you have to need it. Hey, Ronnie. Oh, um, yeah, what, absolutely. What if, what if, what if the title officer or the escrow officer just wants them emailed just through regular Gmail? I mean, if that's how they want it, would we, would be, would it be okay for us to send it that way? No. Um, really? It, okay. No, and I know that there's a lot of things going on right now that says, you know, Gmail has an encryption. Um, it, from what I see, uh, it is, it doesn't operate, you know, and I know I saw somebody put in the chat, you know, some title companies do not, uh, do not like for you to use our records. You cannot just email documents on a regular email program. And I know that Gmail has this feature where you can click and it says that it's secured, but then there's all these things and it requires a cell phone number in order to do it and all these things. And that's complicated because most escrow officers are not going to give you your cell phone number. Um, you're going to need to run a test with your client, like when you first start. And somebody said, you know, a lot of places don't like you to use it. Let's say you land that direct business and they say, you know, uh, Heather, I want you to scan back every file from the table and I'll clear you to go. And then you can go on to your next appointment for me or whoever go ahead and say, look, I'm going to do one uh, test email with you to make sure that you and I can communicate with my secure email. And then make sure that you already have that test in place. Okay. Okay. Because I had looked at, like you said, Google, and they had that virtue or something like that. 
And I was in the process of setting that up, but then I'm like, uh, I need to check with you guys and see what best practices is. Or is it, a, or like you said, is it a situation where they go ahead and send you an, a secured email and you just are responding back to that email with the scan documents or whatever the case may be? I think yeah. that's my biggest concern because I am very much into security and whatnot from my background. So it's something that I take to heart and I'm very, very conscientious about. So. Yeah. And in my experience, a lot of title companies and escrow companies already have that set up and that's how they've already, you know, they've already have the system where they email you where it's already encrypted. Uh, but that's an interesting question. Yeah. I think we will need to look into a little more and maybe, maybe talk about it a little more, Ronnie, what do you think about that? Yeah. Yes, and I will tell you that, you know, I do know, and I won't say which platform, um, is also looking into a way for notaries to be able to kind of upload to their portal and make it easier for uh, clients to log in and pick them up from that portal. Of course, that'll be a, a charge because uh, it's a lot to post documents that way. Um, so there, there, there may be things on the horizon this year that we may or may not see unfold uh, in the future. So um, that's all I have you know, to offer on that topic at the moment. But here's the thing, Heather, most of your clients are, if, if you get direct business, most of them are going to be pick up, drop off. And that's where you're going to get a majority of your business in our experience. So although this is an important topic, I wouldn't put it as like the most important thing to, to consider. Um, as the need comes up, then I think you, you, you can either you know, ask for some advice later on or talk to whoever you're going to be dealing with. They may already have something in place. So, uh, but yeah, th thanks again for that question. It's it's a really good question. We have Mika, Mika Harris, Ronnie, who has her hand up. Hi. Hello, young lady. Mm -hmm. How are you? I'm good. So as far as going after direct business, you guys, you know, saying like escrow officers, but what if I'm in an attorney state? What, like, who would you recommend to go after for direct business? Can I touch on that, Abraham? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Please. <laughs> so, you know, for direct business, and may I ask what state you're in? Georgia. Georgia. Okay. So I have to address this before this comes out of my mouth. There is a lot of people in Georgia that tell notaries that they can't uh, study long signings because they're not allowed to talk about them. And that's absolutely incorrect. So before you go into an attorney's office, you're going to need to make sure that you understand those long documents. There are tons of real estate, uh, realtor, and you know you, we hear this right now with uh, the certified tr not, uh, trust and notary delivery agent. In Georgia, generally attorneys do the closings, right? A lot of them don't realize at this moment, and I, and I happen to know the history of this. It almost came to be that notaries could do closings in Georgia, but the attorneys band together to keep that from happening because they could charge so much more and it was going to diminish their fees. A lot of them don't realize though that they can partner with a notary. And in what part of Georgia do you live in? What city? Noonan. Noonan. Okay, perfect. Do you know how many people are doing business with an attorney? I'm from LaGrange, Georgia, by the way. How you doing, neighbor? Cousin. Okay. <laughs> we probably, we probably, probably got cousins or something together. But, um. <laughs> and I got a couple of people down there you probably know. But anyways, getting back on topic. Do you know how many people, even as far out as Newton, because what are you from the city? Um, from the from Atlanta, you got Jonesboro, all those places going out, right? 
going into mm-hmm. the city of Atlanta, you probably have, you know, what? I, 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 without traffic, probably a 40 minute drive, maybe, right? About 40 right. minutes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's just to hit downtown Atlanta. Think about all those at- attorneys there, right? Where their clients are out and they need to drive into the city that don't want you. My my parents are from 20 minutes from where you're from, right? And my dad has to go to Atlanta and sometimes, and he acts like he's going to have a heart attack. Like, <laughs> you know, most recently he got a bill and it was, you know, he was like, I got to go up to this office and look at it and talk about it. And he goes, God, he goes, I hope they don't make me drive up to Atlanta. And, <laughs> you know, and I was like, dad, they can send someone to you. <laughs> I was like, there's mobile services now that come out. And he was like, well, you know, how much does that cost? And I, and then he heard the price. And I said, well, you have two choices. You can either drive through the traffic or you can have them come to you. A lot of attorneys up there don't know right now that they can expand their business. And during COVID, a lot of attorneys learn that they can work from home, that they don't have to be at the office. And they liked that, right? So you can use that to your advantage when you can go in if you can tell them hey i know how to navigate a loan package and let's just say they say well i have to be involved right mm-hmm. learn to use your products like zoom because if they only have to be involved and not present in the room you can go out with their documents take them to that house right they could charge their clients more or the same and give you a cut you're going to partner with them and they're talking about this at certified notary trust delivery agent but loan signing agents in georgia can do this too you can go out, take that Zoom up, put that attorney right on that Zoom. They never have to leave their office or their kids' you know, recital or what have you and be on that call. If you know how to use that product, navigate those loan documents, make sure that you're basically acting as some sort of secretary and eyes and ears on the ground for that attorney. If you can explain to them how much time you can save them, how much money you can save them by becoming their partner. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I can only see a small thumbnail of you, but Atlanta, um, I, I don't want anybody to come back and say anything, but um, from your photo, it looks like you may be African-American female, correct? Oh, yes. Okay. I wish I was an African-American female because I would move back to the city of Atlanta and I would join every uh, African-American business owner, women-led group there is because I know for a fact an attorney there who has a hundred attorney friends because mm-hmm. that's the home of being you know black proud business and you can link it to that and get attorneys from that community and as long as you know all you need is one good attorney sponsor right to to kind of help you crack open that situation and that and that conversation and put you in the right place where you can have that conversation with people and you got yourself a business rolling but you're going to need to learn how to explain what you can do for them how you're going to save them time and money and convince them that you want to be their partner yeah because that is what i usually run into is that you know the attorney has to be present or it has to be overseen by an attorney so they just do it themselves Right, but you have not just loan signings, you also have trust signings, estate planning, all of those things that attorneys do, but the clients can't always make it to them. And I'm going to tell you, you know, Atlanta's getting, getting not getting any smaller. <laughs> people don't, <laughs> people can't get there, you know, and people got to work harder just to live there. So the convenience factor, it, it you know, between noon and, and Atlanta alone, you have 
lots of people. You got Jonesboro, you got th just that lower park, College Park, uh, Noonan. You don't even have to go all the way into Atlanta. You might start with Noonan because people in Noonan have people as far out as LaGrange. You know, right. you, you know, you might go up to Jonesboro. You might not even have to go into the city to get this off the ground for yourself. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I'll say this, out of all the people that are here so far, I think you have the biggest opportunity than anybody else. <laughs> and let me tell you why. Because what Ronnie's saying is, is, is I mean, I'm just, my, my wheels are turning. And by the way, this is a lesson for everybody because you can apply this principle to anything you're doing, wherever the heck you're at. You're going to be targeting attorneys. So who who's going to be in your top 30? Title reps, escrow officers, or attorneys? Attorneys. Um, I was, yeah, attorneys. Attorney. Absolutely. And here's the best part notaries and attorneys themselves probably don't really know that this can happen the way Ronnie was explaining. If you can promote yourself through education-based marketing by letting them know the attorneys who aren't being harassed right now by a bunch of notaries, <laughs> that they can save their time, work from home, still make a bunch of money if they use you instead. Oh my gosh. I mean, that is a gold mine. I mean, and nobody's doing it right now. So you have that opportunity. And for anybody else, in, 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 in a, if if you don't want to go after escrow and title because they're the ones that are getting talked to all the time, then look for somebody else. Go attorney. Go for attorneys. Go for escrow, uh, real estate agents. Go talk to lenders and mortgage uh, loan officers. Like, it doesn't have to be the people that are always being talked to. You can get referral partners that can refer you to that the kind of clients that you want. But I think, and we'll end it at this, but hands down, you have an amazing opportunity to really educate that sector and be the the the, the one that that services them. I, it's huge. I mean, phenomenal. Yeah, I think that's, that's great information. <laughs> phenomenal. Thank you, guys. I'm, I would be so excited for you right now. I mean, I would be, <laughs> I, I probably, if I were you, I probably wouldn't be sleeping tonight. Okay, that's how excited <laughs> I would be. Yes, right. I'm ready. <laughs> Good for you. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, guys. Anybody else have a question before we wrap this up? Abraham, while we're waiting on that last call, I do want to mention to everybody before we uh, wrap up tonight that we do this call now every third Thursday of every month. So please mark your calendar. Uh, Abraham has a whole bunch of information to bring out. I wish we could do it all in one day, um, but you can't learn everything in one day. You can't implement everything in one day, but uh, every third Thursday, and of course, we'll remind you, uh, notice stars he's got his email list as well but don't forget every third thursday if you're not in a signing and if you're not if, if you are we're going to be recording it and posting it on youtube and on his podcast okay uh you got another question abraham from jamie 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 from texas hello jamie yes hi can you guys hear me okay we can hear you just fine okay yeah. perfect i had to change from my phone to my laptop so i wanted to make sure i was okay so I had a really um, exciting thing happen yesterday, and I would just like a little bit of input on how um, I'm going to proceed on this. I actually had a signing out at a coffee shop yesterday morning and went really well. We we're having a good time. And at the very end of the signing, there was a gentleman at a table next to us who came over and introduced himself. Lo and behold, he's the main attorney for one of our local title companies. And he had basically overheard our entire appointment. And he came over, it actually was very flattering because he came over to compliment me. He said he liked the way I explained the documents, da, 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 da whatever. Um, 
they are currently using a signing service. And he was explaining that it makes them kind of nervous because they just don't really ever know what they're going to get. And they've been discussing finding local notaries that they can just work directly with instead. Um, so he wanted my contact information. By the time I even got to the car, he had already emailed the branch manager, told her all about me and said, I really think you need to talk to her. And so I have an appointment with her on Tuesday. Nice. And um, I just started in the summer and I've yet to go direct on anything. And I guess I'm just not really sure what to expect, what to prep myself for in this meeting with her. So I just, any any thoughts, any ideas on what I should be prepared for? Abraham, I want to say if you made an attorney walk over to you and say that you are already prepped, <laughs> you, okay. you, you already know. I mean, if, if you had an attorney walk over to you and say, great job, because mm -hmm. a lot of attorneys know more than we do. They're going to have more education than we do. I mean, yeah. I don't like sometimes when they can look down on us on, on us for those, uh, if we have any attorneys on the call that look down on us. Um, mm -hmm. I know they read a lot more. They went to school a lot longer than we did to learn what we're doing. For one to walk over to you, I think that's amazing. And, you know, if you have advice, Abraham, I'd love to hear it. But that tells me that you're already there. You're just afraid of your own, you know, your own greatness. At I, yeah, I think I'm just sort of afraid of the unknown. I feel confident in my abilities. I'm just, you were talking about fear earlier. And, you know, I think my fear is looking stupid. Like, I don't want them to ask me a question that I just go deer in the headlights on, you know? Um, so I don't- Let me ask you this. Do you, do you understand the context of the meeting? Like, what were you told what the meeting was for? No, he just wanted to connect me with her. She just said, yes, I would love to talk to you when's a good time and so that's really sort of where we've left it at this point is just hey let's meet tuesday morning and so i did ronnie you might be proud of me i spent some time between yesterday and today i did a resume i never had a notary resume yet so i did one so i kind of prepped that and um you know you know when you go when you go into these interviews and things with title company it's going to be like any job they're going to ask you questions about and ask questions, you know, what are you looking for? What do you need? And don't worry about the deer in the headlight looks. When you go into a store, right? And I used to work at the Hyde Museum of Art in Atlanta and people would walk up and ask me about paintings and I would run back. I would say, you know what? Let me go look that up for you. What I meant was let me go into the office and Google it and make sure I get a good source and come back and regurgitate that information. Yeah. <laughs> and they'd be like, oh my God, you're so smart. No one's going to look down on you or think you're stupid because you don't know something. Don't worry about that deer in the headlight looks. Say, you know what, I'd love to research that for you. And one of the smartest people I know is actually on this call tonight, who is Beth Hatt, who you guys know her um, as a trainer here at Notary Stars. She's one of the most brilliant minds that I know. And when Beth is faced with a question that she doesn't know, she, she says, you know what, I'm going to research that, or I'd love to learn about that. She actually goes and does it and comes back with the answer. That shows people that you are a thinker, that you are able to do that research, that you are able to work on your on your own if it's not something that you can research say i would love to have you teach me that that shows that you're a that you're willing to be taught that you want okay. to learn something so forget people thinking that's called imposter syndrome where you think people are going to find out that you yeah. are a big fraud i have it too um carol ray really helped me through that from notary to pro when i first started coming on as a trainer um i used to be afraid like people were going to think who are you you know you're some big fake pull off the cover what's under there um, don't get caught up in that. Just show who you really are. Show that you want to learn. Um, you can research. 
that doesn't mean that you're stupid. That actually shows people that you're smart. Okay. Jamie, from a, from a scale of one to 10, how confident are you in terms of doing the job? 10. 10. 10. Okay. And I, th I think um, the thing that I'm most confident in is maybe, um, well, kind of what you just said, Ron, I'm, I'm fine with asking when I don't know if something, if there's a new form, if there's a new whatever, I don't have any problems about just making sure that I know what I'm doing beforehand. But, um, but yeah. I... And it sounds like what they're going to hire you is to do the job that you feel you're a 10 out of already, mm -hmm. aren't they? Yep. Yeah. You said you're afraid they might ask you some questions that you may not have the answers to. What kind of questions do you think they might ask? I you? don't know. I think, I think that's the thing. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't so know. Here's what it is. I, and and I, I get it. I'd be nervous too, right? If I were you, but what is the purpose of marketing, of sales, of going in there and talking to people? What is the goal when it comes to building your, your direct business to get people to do what? To, well, like, to hire me, but I want to build relationships. I want them to trust me. I want them to feel confident in my abilities and know that, and I've already kind of explained it to her a little bit. I want to go in and understand what she and her team need and see if we're a good fit. So I kind of left it a little, I mean, to me, that was a little less pressure on me. I don't feel like I'm going in there trying to bang everything up. It may not be a good fit for me. I don't know. I mean, but, but we're going to go find it. out. You nailed it. Your job is to make, get them to like and trust you. Okay. I want you to go in there. You, you seem very nice, by the way, and you seem very personable. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you, I, if we met, I, I, I think we'd have a great conversation. Forget about the, the work you've already been referred and recommended for the work. And this, I mean, the, the attorney literally saw you do the job. Mm -hmm. So you've already come. So that, that, that I'm pretty sure that's that kind of come up and they're not going to question you about if you know how to do a signing or sign documents, they just want to get to know you and meet you. Go in there like if you're talking to a friend. Ask questions. People love people who are genuinely interested in who? Them. In them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah, how, yeah, good. What are some questions you can ask them? They're going to say hi to you. You're going to introduce each other, small talk, chit-chat. How long have you been doing this? Right. You, it sounds like you really like what you do. I mean, these are the questions you, I want you to start asking them. Get them to like and trust you by being genuinely interested in them. Ask them questions. Walk away from there making them feel like you're their best friend now. That's it. And it sounds like you can do that. I can do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And what's the worst that can happen? They don't use me. Yeah, but they're not using but they're me. They're not using me now, so yeah. But the, but the truth is you seem very nice and you're probably going to have a great conversation with them and you're probably going to be their best friends forever and go to their birthday party next year for their kids. I mean, this is my point is that I mean, sometimes we, 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 we create monsters that aren't really there. Go in there, have fun, make mistakes, say stuff that you're not supposed to say. If you were, if you, if you were, if, if you were in their shoes and someone came over to you, you, you probably know they're nervous and they make some, some statements that are kind of goofy and off the wall. You'll probably be understanding, right? And you're not going to be mean and say, oh, I don't ever want to use you again. So just go in there ready to chit chat, small talk, have a good time with it, have fun. Forget about them asking you questions. They're not going to ask you those questions. Okay. Have a good time. Just okay. get to know them, get them to like and trust you. Just have a nice, you know, be personable and get them to like you. That's it. That's all you have to do. You got it. I mean, you got it. This is this is a nail. I mean, <laughs> wow. I mean, talk about.
Don't we all wish they were like that, huh, Ronnie? I know. That's what I said. I'm going to start making sure all my signings are in Starbucks <laughs> and not in somebody's house, <laughs> if that's the way it works. Maybe. Yeah, thank you for the question. Great question. All right. Thank you. All right. Uh, I think that was the last question. Ryan, do we see any more questions? Uh, I don't have any more hands raised, uh, and we are well over our time, but well time. okay, because the, these cats here at the end hang, hang, hanged on, hung on for the entire uh, entire session. Um, but if I if I don't start to make my way toward that dog food bowl over here, Layla is going to chew my ankle. <laughs> I do appreciate everybody who stuck around. It looks like most of you did stick around, which is pretty great. I hope you guys gain some knowledge and value out of this. I got to say, I really appreciate your attention. The fact that you guys have been here with myself and Ronnie for almost two hours tells me that you hopefully got something out of it. Again, I encourage you guys to reach out to me if you have questions, concerns, if you have ideas for the show. We, we you know, that, that's always something that we're trying to come up with. Uh, you're welcome to reach out to me. I'm on LinkedIn, and you can also email me at contact at notarybusinesstalk.com. Again, if you're interested in supporting the show and my work, the more support I get, the more I'm able to actually do this. If you guys get value out of it, go to patreon.com forward slash notary. And... For the rest of you I, who are here and who are listening to the podcast, I hope you enjoyed the show. And until next time, be well, take care, and be productive. Thanks a lot, guys. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Notary Business Talk. To learn more about becoming a notary entrepreneur or to find out how Abraham can help you achieve your business goals, visit notarybusinesstalk.com.